Welcome to the Compliance Collective Podcast. My name is Lauren Gray from Gray Management Systems, your compliance training specialists. Our aim is to bring you updates, tips, and important information regarding all things compliance. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. Um, my name is Lauren, and I am joined with my boss and my father, Jeff Gray from Gray Management Systems. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> it does sound a bit odd that I'm calling you Jeff, but we'll go with that because it does would sound a bit odd if I was calling you Dad on the podcast series. But we'll uh, we'll see how that sort of transitions out. Um, this is our very first podcast. So if you are joining us for the very first time, we are very grateful that you are here. Uh, this episode is for anyone considering a changing career. And the reason why we wanted to pick this as our first episode to record is because we are currently in the current climate of COVID-19. So if you are listening to this um at a, at a stage later in the future. That is what we are de uh, dealing with at the minute. We are in Melbourne and we are experiencing our second lockdown. And there is a lot of uncertainty out there in the minute. Um, many businesses are closing. People are losing jobs, being made redundant. Um, and so we really feel strongly about supporting um, our colleagues out there and uh, our students and uh, we are here to hopefully bring you some insight and some hope about um, potentially you know changing up your career so that is what we're going to be talking about today so Jeff what would you see as a potential opening in this current climate for someone out there with um, you know plenty of industry experience in a field but not know not knowing um, where to go from here well, there's um, a wealth of companies out there that um, have compliance obligations, and uh, whether it be for quality systems, safety management systems, aged care, security management, aviation, there's lots of compliance codes, and the big one is the uh, National Disability Insurance Scheme uh, for disability providers. That's the NDIS? That's correct, yeah. yeah. And there, there is talk amongst the regulators that they... There is a shortage of 20,000 plus auditors. So they're looking for people with general service-based experience with uh, a good dose of common sense, tact and diplomacy, who like communicating with others. So there are careers there in auditing for all of us. They're not looking for technical auditors. They're just looking for people to audit against generic management system standards. So when you say technical uh, skills, what are, you, what are you talking about there? Well, if you're talking about a quality system, the quality standard can apply to anyone in any industry. So they're looking for people with some industry experience who can validate compliance against that standard. So you might have a particular experience in food or you might have a bent in aviation and they will use you to audit in your special areas, but they're, they're looking for a wide range of skills. Hmm. And just say that there is someone out there that has maybe, you know, spent a, a long time in hospitality, currently out of work. Um, they're thinking, well, what would I know about going into another different area and, and auditing? What would you say to someone like that? Well, people are often surprised about their level of current skills and knowledge and competence. 
uh, when they eventually leave where they have been working. They don't know what they've picked up until you're actually outside that particular industry. And people, certification agencies, companies would um, look kindly upon people with that broad industry experience. Um, a career in auditing is relatively easy to get into. Mm -hmm. uh, there are low entry levels. There's no formal qualifications at the higher end, a higher education. It's a vocational skill, mm -hmm. and that's where the majority of workplace um, auditors and workers are needed because there is a big void of vocational, um, vocational skills. Hmm. And when you say certification bodies, what are you talking about there for someone out there that's not too sure about what that is? Uh, mostly um, around the world, everyone's got agencies that will come out and do audits on companies for compliance to codes of practice of all different shapes and sizes. Within Australia, we have a robust certification body regime. I mean, it's 131 organisations. They call them certification bodies because they go and certify. Mm -hmm. They've got different names around the world. And uh, originally, they had full-time auditors, um, but uh, they... They're looking for subcontractors so they can manage the workload with respect to um, the list of subcontractors they have on on their list. Mm. Mm. So you're saying someone out there could technically go out and work for themselves and, and subcontract out to like one or more of these certification bodies? Yeah, well over my experience of over 30 years in this industry, mm -hmm. I've seen lots of young people who start off as an admin person, just to pick a particular example, mm -hmm. who gets involved in internal auditing because these companies who are certified to standards need people to do internal audits. And um, people from all sorts of levels within the organisation get voluntold to get involved in auditing. Volun they... Voluntold? What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, dobbed in is a colloquial term. <laughs> and uh, they find out that they actually like it. And there's been evidence there where people have progressed and become compliance managers and quality managers and OHS specialists and uh, go on and do their lead auditor training. And then once they've done that, uh, they can find that they can apply for jobs with the certification authorities. Hmm. And certification bodies are, are looking for people with that general experience. Hmm. And, and how would they go about finding where these certification bodies are to, to reach out and... There's um, a, a website, it's called um, the Joint Accreditation System of Australia and New Zealand, mm -hmm. but the web address would be jazans, J-A-S-A-N-Z.com.au. That's right, and I can put that in the show notes for anyone uh, listening who would like to look at that. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and sorry, I cut you off. Well, not only that, Jazans has a, a database of all the certified businesses in Australia, which mm -hmm. there'd be probably, I'm guessing, but maybe two or 300,000 companies who have these compliance codes in place, who have a great need for people to do internal audits. So I've come across lots of young people who I mentor um, that want to start up their little business mm -hmm. um, as a side hustle, and they go to the Jazzans register and they contact these companies and offer to do their internal audits for them and take that uh, weight off their shoulders. I've seen many young people start up their own business like that and progress even further down the track. Mm -hmm. And then they can, yeah, okay, so that's another avenue just aside from, yeah, also being becoming a, an external auditor, so to say a third-party auditor for one of these certification bodies. That's, yeah. that's interesting. Um, 
What um, advice would you give to someone who's maybe thinking, oh, I don't know whether auditing is for them or whether I have the capabilities? I know you sort of touched on, you know, the, the skill or the level of entry in terms of education, but more importantly, what about the skills of a person? Uh, people uh, are often selling themselves short and don't realise the skills they have. Mm. Auditing is great if they love talking to people and dealing with people and improving processes. For example, in Melbourne where we live, there's a big contract out at the moment for the level crossing removal process. Mm, they're, they're smashing through that at the minute, aren't they, with Absolutely. Uh, no traffic? Yeah. And lots of jobs there, lots of jobs, and there's a lot of jobs in compliance. Mm-hmm. And because the big contractors are managing the contract, not necessarily doing the work, they call upon subcontractors to do that work on their behalf. So they've transferred the risk out. And of course they need staff, <coughs> pardon me, they need staff who can actually go and audit those subcontractors to make sure they're compliant with their safety management systems and other legal obligations on those uh, high risk sites. Hmm. So they've sucked in a lot of um, compliance personnel to get involved in auditing there. Hmm. And so just going back to the skills, you're talking about you know, someone who likes to talk to people, um, someone that finds it easy to engage. I often find that really if you can build some rapport at the beginning um, with the auditee, it just makes things so much easier. Um, yeah, well, historically, auditing has been seen to be a <laughs> negative activity, mm. and that's what's frightened a lot of people away. Mm-hmm. It was quite you know, bad when I started. and um, About purely because a couple of years ago? Yeah, that's right. I started when I was 12. <laughs> And um, people would shy away from auditing, but I've seen a, an amazing shift from a positive, uh, from a negative approach to this new positive approach. Where today we do audits with our colleagues, not against them, mm. and uh, we just haven't got time to put up with old-fashioned, out-of-date management systems. They really need a good health check, so the audit role fulfills that need these days. And people are much more sensible with respect to the audit process and. Um, a welcome entrance to, to go through the audit process. And if you're talking OHS mm. or food safety or aged care or any other compliance code of a high risk nature, we just haven't got time to put up with second class audits. We really need um, to give the tree a good shake and find what needs to be fixed and just get on with it. Mm. And um, have you found recent, in recent times? Um, any particular people from um, certain particular industries that have been, you know, coming to you to discuss how they can, you know, pivot their career in a different direction? Yeah, we've get, uh, we get a lot of uh, people who have been working, say, 15, 20 years who are in a rut. Mm-hmm. Um, they get involved in auditing and realise there's a whole new world out there of compliance that they were not formally aware of like auditing, uh, want to take it to the next stage. So a lot of them come on our training courses to get the lead audit qualifications and go out there and do audits on behalf of companies mm. and subcontract themselves out. They're doing a mixture of consulting, auditing, which leads to part-time subcontract work with those certification agencies, as I mentioned before. Mm. And uh, there's lots of one-person companies out there doing that at the moment. Mm. And we need more. Mm. So if you've got any ideas about starting your own business, we can help. We do a lot of mentoring and help young people thinking of transitioning into this field. Mm. We come out and do mentored audits on site 
we mm. help people and um, it's just great to see them flourish. Mm. And in terms of the training, what would be, um, I think it'd be good to sort of share with the audience if they're thinking about, you know, doing the training course, because a lot of, you know, training these days can go on for months and months or years before they actually get their qualification. But, you know, to obtain a, an auditing uh, uh, qualification, it's fairly straightforward and, and timely, would you think? Yeah, we're a registered training organisation and our entry level course is the internal auditing course which is titled management systems auditing because mm -hmm. there's a range of management systems that need to be audited and uh, that course is pitched at those who are currently working or wish to work with employers who, who need auditors to audit their systems it is a requirement of all those compliance codes and um, and how long would that take to complete it's two days day one is the audit process and we go through the audit requirements of most of the mainstream standards. Mm -hmm. We talk about our six-step audit process from start to finish. We emphasise the communication skills mm -hmm. and being objective and knowing the difference between fact and fiction or fact-based findings and opinion-based findings. We talk about all the pros and cons of doing good auditing. And day two is all hands-on. And it could either be a public venue or it could be online. And sometimes we do it on site where we actually mentor the students doing live audits on live systems mm. in their own workplace. But these days with COVID-19, it's all online at the current stage. And um, yeah, it's a two day course. And at the end they get a, a qualification. It's called a statement of attainment with two competency units. Mm, good, and if they wanted to then go on and um, further their studies or even become a um, an external auditor for a certification body? What's the next stage there? Well, we have the lead auditor course, which is an extra three days. And this course is based around an Australian and international standard for auditing, mm -hmm. ISO 19011, which um, wasn't around when I started. What, what's ISO? <laughs> uh, ISO's, Going down uh, another rabbit hole here. But... No, no, good question. It's the International Organisation for Standardisation. Mm -hmm. Often people think ISO is an acronym, but it's based on the Greek word isios, which means equal, level, straight. You like that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> he likes that uh, explanation, everyone. They, no, but it is good. Bit well, of history. It's a good trivia question. Not many people know, <laughs> but if you want to go to their website, it's iso.org. And they're based in Switzerland and they govern the production of all these international standards. So the specific one you're, you base this course on is it like sort of best practice for auditing the way to conduct an audit. Is that, is that that's correct? That's exactly right. It's a guideline and uh, certification bodies go the next step and they have another international standard for running a certification body mm -hmm. which incorporates this 19,011 standard, hmm. which is the way to do an audit. So if a student was to come on your three-day course, what would be what would they expect? Um, they would expect to come out the other end as a fully-fledged lead auditor. Mm -hmm. um, there is one extra step where they have to have performed a workplace audit. Mm -hmm. So that's usually a little assignment that they conduct back at the workplace. We don't want to give out a lead auditor qualification without anyone not having conducted any internal auditing or external mm -hmm. auditing. Mm -hmm. Once they've got that assignment, workplace assignment finished, then they'll be awarded their certificate hmm. and all those requirements. And they're ready to go. And look, most certification bodies, they seem to 
um, when they first take on someone, you know, a newbie, um, they do a lot of mentoring to begin with. I know in particular HDAA the other day we had a student on from on one of your courses and she Samantha. was saying that. Yeah, and they have, what, about, I think, three audits that they'll go out and make sure that they do together. Um, so they're not going to be left left out alone in the That's right. in, in the dark. Yeah, yeah. Like, just like any vocation, you start, there's a certain amount of induction training. Hmm. You'll do observational audits where you just say nothing and watch. Hmm. Then you'll slowly participate and they skill you up that way. It might take two or three months. but hmm. And then down the track, you might be doing audits for 10 days a month or whatever the demand requires, whatever mm. you'd like to do. Mm. But definitely with the NDIS, especially next year, I think, or, you know, and look, who knows what's going to be happening at the minute, but, you know, trying to focus on the positive, um, you know, hopefully we'll be back out more face-to-face next year. We'll wait and see. And Yeah, yeah well, the majority of certification bodies now are doing remote audits, mm. just like we're, do- we're doing remote training. Yeah. And it's proving to be effective once they've worked out all the pros and cons and risks. Hmm. It's a bit hard to validate and verify large physical sites or Hmm. activities, Hmm. but they can do the rest of the standard, which is probably 80%. Hmm. And the other bit, they can wait until we can get back face-to-face and validate that. Hmm. Oh, I think that's good. Well, we might leave it there, but um, what might be a parting message for anyone listening who is considering a career in auditing? Well, first of all, you need to have some skills in the workplace in any particular industry. Mm-hmm. You then need to complete the two-day management systems auditing course mm-hmm. and progress from there. I would advise them to go back to work, put the skills into practice, do a lot of internal audits and uh, build the confidence on how you, before you take the next step. Mm, that's good advice. All right, well, we'll leave it there. Our first episode all done. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Thanks for listening in today. I hope that you've found this episode helpful and informative. Please take a moment to hit subscribe. And if you know someone in the compliance field or someone who may just be interested in today's episode, please feel free to share. Be well, stay safe, and happy auditing, everyone.